so why don't you use the regular army? What do you need us for? My movie's better. Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Episode 40. Dylan! You son of a bitch. How could you do this to me? Now I'm telling these son of a bitches. Are you Night of the Living Dead under there? Deb, this is my friend John. Well, Jeff, heard a lot of good things about you. Where'd you find this son of a bitch? He's a friend of mine from school. A friend? Year-end movie special super awards show spectacular and year-end holiday gala. Featuring Bob Cottle, Ward Fester, Marty Bobo Jarns, and the immortal macho man Randy Savage. A celebration of the films of this year, this decade, and the sad terrible future beyond, ruled exclusively by us, your robotic overlords. Please enjoy the show. Andy Savage. so fast you can't even talk about it. Lucky person, yeah, out there somewhere is gonna win a silver cloud. What a lucky, lucky, lucky person. Yeah, cause things are just popping right now. Things are starting to cultivate. Things are starting to grow. Uh, uh, things are getting real colorful. Oh, look at that roll. Just like the silver cloud Rolls Royce. I, I'm very Top curious. Top of the line. Are you sure you want Wait a minute. My movie. Better. What is it? I don't know what it's called. What is it called? Kevin. Dylan. You ready? Son of a bitch. Oh, no, trying to tell me that I can dodge bullets? The wrong side of the river. I'm Michael George. Stop it. Get some help. Tony Mona. The terrorists have the president. Daughter in the old bean factory. I can't get drunk today. Too bad you will die. The spin is despicable. Billy, what's his name, show? Welcome, listener, to episode 40 of a listener. What's up, listener? Is this 40 or is it 39.5? It's episode 40. Fuck, fuck it. it. 40. It's fuck the it. end of season three of My Movies Better. We've made it to a... We've actually made over 60 episodes, but officially the My Movies Better you know, main episodes, this will be our 40th little episode, so we decided to... Instead of doing a normal episode, do a short little sort of fun wrap-up of the decade and also of the year and whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, Best, just kind of want to talk about some stuff yeah. that we talked about already, but talk about more. And then talk yeah. about things we talked about for a decade. Exactly. So we put up a couple of polls on uh, the web and on uh, facebook.com slash mymoviesbetter. Uh, feel free to join the group. Yeah, that's the group that we base the picks of the movies that yeah. we watch on this podcast off of. Yeah. So you should get in there, you vote for what we watch. Exactly. Cool. So we did and, some more polls. Uh, yeah, so why don't we just start right with that? What were uh, what were some of the polls we did? Anyway? All right, so uh, <laughs> for a starter, I guess we could just drop right into it quickly. Worst movies of the decade. Hell yeah. That we talked about. Uh, we kind of just left it up. Like, all these things we just left open for everybody to everybody to add. We yeah. had our picks. Everybody. This particular poll, I think I just picked movies that had, like, they came out in the past 10 years that had, like, negative around, like, 20% or less yep. from both critics and audience on Rotten Tomatoes and other websites. Like, the worst rated movies. 
all across the board. You know, I'm not counting yeah, movies just, that like the audience liked and the critics didn't, or the the audience hated and the critics loved. Like, yeah, just shitty you know. movies. So like, there, like I, I also kind of wanted people to put on their own stuff, but it's like, all right, I, if you didn't like the Last Jedi because you know you're a Star Wars fanatic, that's one thing. But like, we're talking about like literally the worst, like Last Airbender, like the Last Airbender, <laughs> right? Was the worst. We're talking about movie. yes, that was the highest voted one. Yeah, and that movie is a horrific disgrace to what that show yeah. was. Well, and in general, and you and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, M Night, um, his last name, Shyamalan. the director <laughs> Shyamalan. Is that how it's said? I always feel bad because I literally like I think do so. not know Shyamalan. So Shyamalan, however it's said, I didn't want to be offensive to him because I have no ill will against the guy, except for he makes shitty ass movies. So I guess I do have a little bit of ill will. Yeah, I got a little bit of um, discomfort. This particular one by him, it's not actually even his worst movie, but Lady in the Water came out last <laughs> decade, so we couldn't <laughs> vote for that. Uh, and that one's just a clusterfuck. I've never been a huge fan of his. I love Signs. Yeah, we though. talked about this. Signs yeah. is awesome. I know that I know some other people in the group are big fans of that too, um, but I just I don't really like any of his other movies. I can't yeah. I can't think of another one that I actually really other like. Other than Signs, I can't really think of. Anything. Well, like I kind of liked that, not the happening, the other one there, the Village. Before I got to the end of it, and then I just went no, no, <laughs> stop it. Would there? No, <laughs> that's basically what happened. So, like, yeah, again, like, I just don't think he made any other good movie other than Signs. But Last Airbender is particularly bad because it was just like, and I'm not even a fan of the series, but, you know, like, from what I've heard, it just basically takes a massive dump on Avatar and, yeah. like, is just, it's... You it know. does. The series is great. It, it's I'm a pro Avatar guy. That series it, is awesome. I'm not against it. I just never watched it. Yeah, it's just, I'm I, saying you, you know, should watch it. You'd I, like okay. it. I, it's like funny. It. It's like I've watched the the Korra show, but I haven't what? watched Avatar. Yeah, watch I like Korra, it. Korra, if you like Korra, go back and watch Avatar. It's it's very good. Word. Um, yeah, it just takes a complete dump on it, and it's like one of those things that. Like fans of the show weren't even excited no. when it was announced because you see it and it's just like, oh, just look oh dumb god, right off the bat. Oh like, god, stupid. <laughs> you see the poster for it and it's like, oh no, dumb. Oh, so uh, and I just want to say this that he wrote the screenplay for Stuart Little. Oh fuck Stuart Little, I hate yeah, Stuart Little. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I just had to say that. Right. Fuck Stuart Little. So uh, number two is uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey series, uh, but I guess we'll just say specifically Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Um, but really any of them. Yeah, I honestly only saw Fifty Shades of Grey, and I yeah. didn't see any of the other ones. Fuck I that. didn't. I didn't see them. Yeah. But fuck those movies. Yeah. I, don't think I, yeah. I also yeah. voted for movies just because. Uh, yeah, cause fuck them. Fuck him. <laughs> Batman, Batman vs Superman was next. I also didn't see that movie because I knew that was going to be a steaming pile of yeah, shit. I did. I actually saw that movie in theaters. Oh, I also knew it was going to be a steaming pile of shit, but some friends wanted to see it, and I was like, "Fine, I you will be proven wrong." 
The emoji movie. It, that tied, yes, that tied with the emoji movie um, in third place. Emoji movie I watched a little bit of, but like I could not. Even. I saw the trailers and yeah. I think I got the gist. Yeah. You know, it's, I think I understood that that movie was going to fucking suck. Some people try to act like it's so bad it's good, but it really isn't. Do people do that? They do. Genuinely? They do. That's not cool. 50, I, I'll give that credit. Like, Fifty Shades of Grey and Last Airbender, if you don't give a shit about Avatar, can be watched as, as so bad they're slightly enjoyable. Yeah. But right, neither right. of the last two can. Yeah, no. Or this next one. Uh, the Human Centipede comes in at number four. Uh, the Human Centipede three specifically. Yeah, it's like, all right, I'm sorry, but if you genuinely yeah. think that I was gonna watch a second Human Centipede movie, let alone a third Human right. Centipede a movie, a third is just like an you're insult. You're out of your mind. Yeah, th- I'm not watching a third that movie. Human Centipede movie is basically punching my. You're lucky that I exactly <laughs> right? that you is know. assaulting an elderly exactly. person. <laughs> exactly. That's what watching this movie is. <laughs> You were lucky that I watched the first one. Right. You know who else is assaulting the elderly? Kevin Sorbo in God's Not Dead 2 and oh. God Not God's Not Dead. Which wow, came back in, to back. Yeah, back to back. Um, Movie and then, 43. Yeah, we can just blow through these. Yeah. We've got pic- <laughs> Pixels, <laughs> even have yeah, Paul pic- Blart, Mall Cop, you know, yeah. Cowboys vs. Aliens. Fucking uh, Boo, too. I'm a D. Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so there's a lot of shitty movies. Exactly. You know? like, so, yeah, that's uh, apparently but really, the shittiest one. Yeah, the last, last Airbender. Last Airbender know? is really the worst We're movie. Uh, giving the award for the worst movie of the decade based on our, our members' votes, too. The last Airbender it was, yes, the worst. Yeah, that movie sucked. So, oh, I also forgot to mention in the last uh, episode and in this episode, it's Friday the 13th. Yeah, it is Friday So I just want to throw that out there. Uh, happy birthday, Jason Voorhees. Actually, no, his birthday was in June 13th, but hey. No, Friday yeah. the 13th. Happy hey. Friday the 13th, Jason. Yeah, hey, happy Friday <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I know I had some more polls on here. Yeah. Well, um, we got best film. Oh, we, we have best film, but I also had an I had a couple more. I thought There's I had some a poll ones. about. Yeah. Well, I had some polls for fun, but they all gotten buried somehow on the internet website. I see. Well, I got the. So we have a poll right here for the worst Adam Sandler movie of the decade. Yes, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, this is a sour one <laughs> it for is. me. This was asked It's not for, sour because, uh, like, they are not good. Like, his movies in the last decade pretty much have not been good. I haven't seen Uncut Gems. No. I heard I, it was very yeah. good. I mean, I just put all of them on there. No, I understand. Regardless of, of if they've been... If, because yeah, there's another... Jack, Jack and Jill. I heard there was another movie someone was talking about on it that was apparently not terrible. Grown Ups. No, not grown ups. I hate grown ups. Ugh, I can't. I, I can't stand <laughs> that fucking movie. Apparently, you it, hate Family Vacation. It, I should like it because I like I like David Spade. I'm like one of those rare people who likes David Spade. Take that, David Spade. Yeah, wow. Oh, <laughs> I'm one of those rare. But no, seriously, I do. I, it's like as a like compliment, insult. Um. But uh, fuck, I know that. I had more polls here. I swear to God. I see a couple more. Well, I see the Shrek mega poll. 
Uh, oh yeah, so that one was that one was that was a sweep. <laughs> Alien won that one pretty soundly, which I agree. Um, in the Shrek Megapole, uh, Shrek won. Yeah. <laughs> followed by Shrek two. Followed by Shrek the third. Followed by Shrek Forever After and Shrek five, which hasn't come out, getting zero votes. <laughs> so that was just for fun though. Yeah. Um. I guess, I guess, oh, we, I also had the one, yeah, uh, I had a poll I put up about which one was better out of what I consider to be the holy trinity of John Carpenter, Kurt Russell movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Thing, which came in at number one, followed by Big Trouble in Little China, followed by Escape from New York, uh, which I love all three of them, but I would choose The Thing personally first. But that's not about the decade, so let's get back to the decade. Yeah. Anyway... I guess, yeah, we could talk about our other big poll that we had, which was the uh, the f- films that we covered. Yeah, the so top we films. covered a good amount of films. So as a quick rundown mm-hmm. of what we covered from episodes 30 until 39, the neo-noir episode you just listened to. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't pause, go back and listen to that episode, please. Uh, we covered... Drive, Thieves Like Us, Blood Simple, The Invisible Man, Creatures from the Black, a uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Mummy, uh, Kuroneko, Beetlejuice, The Others, Children of the Corn, Ishsay Ishsay, uh, It's Alive, Onibaba, Evil Dead Two, The Box, Hausu, The Shining, Hell House LLC, Under the Cherry Moon, Showgirls, Wild Wild West, The Third Man, Barton Fink, Pulp Fiction, and American Paris. Barry Lyndon, Apocalypse Now, um, and then The Player, Chunking Express, and The Fifth Element. Yeah. All those movies. Those so, are all the movies we covered in this season. That's a lot of movies. <laughs> 30 movies. And Out we made of those. polls to what you thought were the best ones. Yeah. What, what were they? So, at number 10, you guys picked Barry Lyndon. Uh, nine, you picked Hausu. Eight was Wild Wild West. Yeah, out of nowhere. I swear, if you put Wild Wild West in a post, pe- people will just vote for it. Yeah, I v- I'll exactly, vote for it. 100%. I'd be like, how did you I vote see for it? that? You're like, hell yeah. What happened? <laughs> will Smith broke into my house yeah, and voted for me. Dude, yeah. He's that damn charming. He's so fucking charming. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Barton Fink after that at seven. Beetlejuice at number six. Five was Pulp Fiction. Four was Shining. Uh, three was Drive. Two was the fifth element, and number one, which might have been due to a uh, user error. <laughs> yeah, it might have been due <laughs> was, to Brendan Fraser's yeah, sexiness. Yeah, exactly. Brendan Fraser. Uh, so number one the was mummy. the mummy. Yeah, um, I was pretty psyched about that. I was like, yeah, "Word, I love the mummy." I, yeah, and then <laughs> I saw that you mentioned, uh, "Oh, maybe it's voting yeah, for the 2009 one." Yeah, and then <laughs> I was like, "Oh fuck, I probably should have put a specific year on the mummy." But as it's far as I'm concerned, <laughs> our mummy one, the yeah. original one. So hey, thanks, we did guys. say it was films that we covered. So, yeah, true. You know, exactly. If you're paying you attention. You weren't paying attention. Not my fault. Yeah. yeah, so I'm cool with that. Boris Karloff deserves another yeah. accolade to hey, his we'll name, give him right? Another, we'll give him another uh, My Movie's Better Medal. And that leads me straight to, I mean, we did, uh, we did award one of my favorite actors and a guy who I think doesn't get enough credit for his range. Uh, <laughs> 
My movie's better human of the decade award goes to Brendan Fraser. Hell yeah. Yeah. And specifically because of that, because his star is so great that he can literally usurp one of our polls like that yeah. and win it for the mummy 1999. Yeah, over. Just throw everything right? astray. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, so I'm very into it. Uh, we also, I just had another one here. I found, ah, uh, yes. Um, so we did a poll of the best film of this particular year. And I'm calling it right now, which I know will make most people in the group pretty happy. We had some great choices in this particular poll. Um, hang on one sec. So the top films as voted by you, top 10. Number 10 was Ready or Not. Uh, number 9 was Book Smart. Number 8 was Knives Out. And number seven was Us. Number six was Parasite. Uh, number five was Tanchi Pikachu Gaiden, a.k.a. <laughs> Detective <laughs> Pikachu. Uh, oh, number four was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number three was Midsommar. Number two, Avengers Endgame. And number one, the number one movie of the year, Seagulls versus Englishmen, <laughs> aka The Lighthouse, the official best film of 2019, yeah. as voted by you, the listeners. Who also didn't include The Irishman. For, uh, didn't get. Didn't no, get it didn't. It did not get picked. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I just voted. I just added stuff that people voted yeah, for. No, so I like, I didn't, you know. The Lighthouse was very good. Some other films that just barely missed the cut that were in, uh, in there were The Joker, uh, came in at number eleven, uh, followed by Hobson Shaw and Crawl, and right. everything else on the list did not receive any votes. <laughs> so figure it out. Yeah. That doesn't uh, really the matter. The Lighthouse is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I personally still think Parasite Me is too. number one, yep, and then 100%. Lighthouse is number two. I said two. that, but yeah, the Lighthouse was. Fantastic, I think Parasite so. is the most important movie that came out this year, and I think that everyone should see it if right. you haven't. Find yeah. a way, find a theater to go to and see this movie. Definitely, it is Definitely. so good. It tells it, a great story of like class issues. It tells, I don't know, it's, it's very well done. Yeah, uh, honestly, very out fresh of narrative. you know, like out of this. Those those uh, I I didn't vote for Endgame because I didn't think it was one of the best films of the year. But I do think I also just feel that like when it what it's up against is different because like even Pikachu, Detective Pikachu was a original idea to film and didn't need to be part of a series. And I always kind of like take. I don't know. I take points off when it's like you have to watch a four or five film series in order yeah, to watch no, a film. I, I get that. In, in like what I, but I do agree it is a great movie. And I just haven't seen Knives Out or Booksmart. So I yeah, Knives Out is great. Um, I do also would like to mention that uh, the film Under the Silver Lake, I did see. And that was also very good. And I forgot to vote for it. So that should have had a vote. But yeah. It wouldn't have mattered because it wouldn't have been in the top ten anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and that leads us, I guess, to the best films of the decade poll, right? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what were those films? The big one. Um, let's see. I have, uh, I 
So I'm going to go way back here. We had Ex Machina, uh, The Master, Midsummer, Grand Budapest Hotel, Mandy, Green Room, The Revenant, Wolf of Wall Street, Inception, Hateful Eight, Drive, Hereditary, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Django, and now we're into the top three. Our top three are Birdman, Get Out, and officially the film I'd like to talk to a about a little bit right here. Uh, the best film of the decade, as voted by you, Mad Max, Fury, motherfucking Rose. Hell yeah, I'm cool with that, I yeah. think. Do not, my friends, become addicted to water. It will take hold of you, and you will resent its absence. I'm, I'd have to think about it, but I think I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm extremely cool with that because that's a great, 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 great movie. Well, it's also maybe one of the best, if not the best, action movie ever made because of everything else that it does. It's by far, I think, the best uh, like future sequel, where like a movie, yep. you know, like a series that hasn't had a like movie a in a long time. Kind of yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and I like 2049, and I like some of the other films like that that are, you know, have a, you know, I liked uh, Halloween 2018 as well, but this particular one really, really fits Mad Max so fucking yeah, well, dude. It's the narrative it tells in that is crazy. It's also it's so steampunky. Yeah, and it's also like, like George Miller's like reckless abandon where he's just like, fuck it, you know, Mel Gibson's now an old man. Get Tom Hardy. Don't even, don't even, literally don't even bother yep. asking why it's a different guy now. It's Mad Max. Move the fuck on. Right. Let's make just this go, movie. Yeah. yeah, just go right into yep. the badass. You know, uh, and focus on what's really important. Um, one of my favorite things about that movie is that the guy who played Immortan Joe was also in the first Mad Max movie oh, as really? the main villain. The fucking creepy dude, like who's chasing them in in the first Mad Max movie, and again, so just not caring about the little crap like that, showing you that like no, this is a universe that can be created, and that like it doesn't matter who plays the character, because the story is more important than that. Right. Um, Fury Road was it is like so much more than just an action movie. But it's also like a really fucking good action movie, so I think it definitely deserves that. Yeah, and uh, I agree. It's you know. it's it's super enticing from top to bottom. It's I feel like it's good for the steady Mad Max watcher, and it's also good for a blind watch. Definitely, if you're not definitely. familiar with the series, it's just super fucking actiony the whole time. Right, and it's not your traditional actiony. You know, the camera shots are so different. Something just feels right. like fresh about it. Right, it's it feels fresh from the Mad Max series too. Oh yeah, you know, it feels definitely. Like super definitely like directional. Out of those other movies, uh, I, some other ones that stood out to me were um, obviously Drive, which covered in the last episode. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, I was surprised that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was so well received. I mean, I loved that movie. I was just I don't know surprised by that. See, I wasn't. I, I I only didn't even think about it. Like 
I don't know. I just I've never heard anybody say anything bad about it. Yeah, no. So like I figured it would end, it would find its way to the list. You know, yeah, I literally just too. didn't even put it on there because I knew someone would put it on. There. Yeah, right. It was the same thing with Endgame. Like I was like, well, someone yeah, will put like that someone on will there, add you know? that to it. And yeah. Obviously, Get Out. Yep. Fantastic. You know, I feel like we've probably gone off in tangents about Get Out and certain. Right. You know, some people think it's overrated, but they're wrong. Yeah, um, definitely. definitely. And I wrong. hate when people. I hate when people just say something's overrated without qualifying why that is. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that like Get Out was considered the greatest movie ever made or something, but it was the probably the best movie that came out that year. And definitely. it's a really, really serviceable horror movie by a first-time horror director who literally flexed on everyone and showed that, like, if you love movies, you can still make movies, you know? Yeah. Just like uh, 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 that fucking, you know, most of those people who shit on its biggest hero, Quentin Tarantino. I don't yeah. know. It's just, I, 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 that movie is one of those, and, and us too, are those movies that get a lot of hate, and it's like, oh, huh, I wonder why. Oh, maybe because the director's a black guy and these are white guys who are shitting on him. Hmm. And people are like, oh, it's overrated. Oh, really? Well, you don't say that about white directors. It's just interesting to me yeah. that like Jordan Peele gets all this weird hate from like edgy white kids. And it's like, hmm, 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 I wonder what that is, you know? <laughs> like, weird. Yeah. Weird how you only ever speak up when it has to do with that movie, you know? Yeah, and like stay so. silent for all the other yeah. shitty ass because movies yeah no get out. out was awesome i don't care what anybody says yeah. it's fucking interesting you you're wrong yeah i mean yeah it's totally a long episode of the twilight zone but it fucking works who cares like yeah. it's good it's a deep See, yeah. brutal long episode right. of twilight zone and like i liked i personally think it's better than us i also enjoyed us but i did have some problems with yeah, that totally movie. like how'd that all work you know, yeah. and what's up with the rabbits? Yep. You know, who fed the rabbits? Well, also, that's like the... Uh, where's all the rabbit poop? There's that... Well, there's <laughs> like that... Uh, what's it called? I forget what the trope is, but it's like... Uh, it's like... Isn't it like the same thing in like in the Maltese Falcon? It's like a thing that is presented to the viewer, but is just not really important. You know, and it like right. draws your attention to it the whole time and you're looking for it to actually happen, but it doesn't. Yep. You know, or, or, or it's red a herring. plot point. The yeah. red herring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why I couldn't think about yeah. that. But uh, yeah, it's basically the, the rabbit to like the red herring of that story. You know, they're introduced to you right at the beginning and you're under the impression it's going to have oh. something to do with. So it was the rabbit poop janitor all yeah, along. Exactly. He's the one who cloned everybody. <laughs> right. It's like it's like one of those things where, you know, you ask a question about a movie and people are like, well, they're not going to show you everything in the movie. But I'm like, no, but seriously, how did those rabbits where yeah, they like, poop? Yeah, who cleaned that Is up? Is that what you all know? those, like, weird-ass mirror people did? They just cleaned, cleaned up, up rabbit, rabbit poop, poop and then ate like the rabbits? 20, yeah, yeah, for years. Like, I don't know. That, yeah, that, because... I think that part just became more convoluted, whereas with Get Out, it being it being like expressionistic of, you know, his experience as a black man and actually actually as half because he's half black, half white, but obviously identifies and looks black to a person's eye that so get out i feel like had more of his experience in terms of the white establishment and so like even though that's also um, implausible in ways it it feels more like a statement whereas us because it's not on its face as much a statement like get out is like too obvious 
Whereas I think yeah. us is it the statement it's making about you know like the family is understated for white people, so they miss that completely, you know. And until you look a little deeper and realize that like Jordan Peele is talking about a very singular black experience with us, you know that that like is not quite as easily transferred to white people as like oh white people used to own black people so like look they're doing they're trying to do it again which is essentially what get out is so i think that's why people like to like shit on those movies is because they especially people who aren't black or people of color they don't understand like the experience that that is happening in the films because it's not an experience that they see a lot right especially in film yeah Yeah, and I think that that's that's why I like those movies personally because I just felt like it's something different that I hadn't really seen. Yeah, before. and it's making an important statement. Yeah. You know, it's it's doing a lot for pushing people's attention to it. You know, right? I mean, it, the the amount of people it's like, that saw that movie, it's huge. Right. It's like it feels different, but through the lexicon of this, or not the lexicon, through the lens or whatever of the same stuff I was into. It's like, oh yeah. I was into that same those movies and those cartoons and those video games or whatever those comedians, and that's what. So it's like the the package you're being presented feels relatable, but also has things that I can't relate to because my experience is totally different from his. Yeah, you know. But I can appreciate that because again, it's like we we're just saying, it's not something that Hollywood likes to do a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Is show other experiences other than like establishment experience. Yeah, exactly. It's a beaten off the beaten path, and right. like you said, as a directorial debut from like uh, for a horror guy who was doing sketch comedy for years and years. It's yeah, a, it's a pretty fucking powerful first movie. Right. So I, I do it. find it interesting. This just popped in my head. So like we're coming up to the end of a decade, as we've said, um, for. This particular decade will really, it really is the decade of the Star Wars. Cloud City's always looking for new talent. You think you have what it takes? Threequel trilogy? Yeah. (laughs) Threequel trilogy, that's what I'm going to call it. Um, So, like, this particular trilogy is coming to an end. Next of, week, yeah, next week the the well, final yeah, next week, yeah, next week from right now, yeah, from when this is recorded, uh, the final of the Star Wars movies for now will be coming out, and uh, so that trilogy has really dominated this past decade, and nobody voted for any of those films except for they. Some people did vote for Last, the Last Jedi. Jedi for the worst, yeah, and the worst, and that's the thing that I found interesting is. The contentiousness of this, this, and and also popularity at the same time of this particular Star Wars trilogy, it also kind of coincided with myself personally, like out finally outgrowing Star Wars, like almost completely, and yeah. and like I still am going to see this movie, but it's kind of the same thing that happened to me with the Marvel movies, where just after a while I was like, okay, I've seen this movie, guys. It's just this movie with Black Panther. It's just this movie with Iron Man. It's just this movie with Spider-Man, like, over and over again. And I'm kind of afraid that that's, like, where we're getting with these. So, like, I'm cautiously optimistic that it will be good. But I'm also just sort of, like, not cautiously optimistic about the future of 
Star Wars and other like these big properties in general at this point because yeah. I think they've already surpassed their golden age, especially Marvel. Um, and I don't really know where they're gonna go from here. Yeah, I mean it's tough to see what the Disney Plus whole wave is gonna do to both of those series or both of those franchises yeah. rather. Um, I mean, there's already a bunch of Marvel like shows in the works right now, and yep. obviously the Mandalorian Wars, is yep. going on right now. And there's gonna be more like an Obi Wan show or what you know. They're, right. They're just gonna use these things, and it's interesting to see, you know, because ad- admittedly the Mandalorian is very cool. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's. I have not seen it yet, but yes, I've seen all the hype. Yeah, I mean, everyone's seen Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit, you know? Baby but no, it is, it is really cool, and it's doing a lot for the series. It's, it's it's calling back to things that are in the canon of Star Wars that aren't, like, necessarily movie stuff, too. You know, like, they're calling right. back to, like, Rebels, and they're calling back to, like, Clone nice. Wars stuff. So, nice. it's, you know, they're doing, like, like, deeper fan service with it, but also being accessible on the base level. Right. Um, we, and they also just released... Uh, new video game that i really want to play this yeah it looks very fallen good. order or whatever it is yeah. yeah uh i'm really into it because it's someone said in a video i watched that it's like dark souls meets metroidvania and i was oh, like oh okay yeah. whoa yeah you just Give said me a lot that. of words yeah. i like like 3- <laughs> 3d metroidvania okay open yeah. world 3d metroidvania in I'm star in. wars land with lightsabers all right and, and from what I've seen from it, the the you know the whole like parrying mechanics and stuff, it looks really cool. Yeah, and like not as difficult as like the the Souls and like the Witcher type yeah, games like Dark, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still in that same vein where it's like not just like you go smash through everything. You have to like yeah, be patient. I mean they got to find a middle ground because based yeah. on the audience of Star Wars in general, you know, yeah. it is like. As much as it is a lot of adults, there's a lot of kids that are just, like, born into Star Wars well, because dude, of their nerd-ass parents that are, like... Star Wars is for kids. It is. I mean, it's you just know? like Pokemon, yeah. you know? Like, it's, it's for kids, technically. Right. But we, there's also a bunch of nerd-ass parents that, like, grew up with Star yeah, Wars. That are yeah, no, and I mean, I understand. That are, like, forcing it onto their children. So right. it's, like, I, interesting while this trilogy is coming out. I know? understand that feeling. But, like, I also, because I, I deal with the same thing with wrestling, especially, where it's just, like, this isn't the thing that I liked before. But then, like, I actually go back and watch, like, the old stuff, and I'm like, man, this stuff is kind of dumb, too. You yeah, know? Right. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. it just felt so much more, like, it had more weight to it back then. And, I'm, I mean, the, there were better personalities. There were better wrestlers and better matches, yes. But that doesn't mean that there aren't great personalities and great matches and great wrestlers now. And the same thing with movies, the same thing with the games. Like, right. It's just all relative. You know, it, you think about it like like I said earlier, it might have been when we were recording the last episode. Uh, like, I absolutely loved the prequel trilogy. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic, you're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate. Not yet. When it came out. Yeah. And then 
as I got older, I started to realize that I didn't think they, they were that good. You know, I still, I think I've gone through phases where there was a time where I was like, no, they're fucking terrible. And then I kind of came back. I was like, no, they're they're actually kind of nostalgically awesome. Yeah, well, that's what, but the, they're not that's good. what the entire Star Wars franchise is. Yeah. Is you being a fan of slash like more comfortable with like what you grew up in. And like, that's definitely not the case for everybody. I mean, most people realize that the the prequel trilogy is like generally weak you know at points yeah and it's like pretty common that people are just into the original trilogy but i mean there is definitely people that lean towards what they grew into right. you know and it's so weird because they're all spaced out by generations you know so there's like a separate group of people that grew up with the original trilogy a separate right. group of people that grew up with the prequels and now it's a new group of people that are growing up with the new trilogy yeah so it's gonna be like three completely different types of like fan bases exactly. you know i just there's something about the new trilogy that feels like star wars by disney star wars by someone else the costuming the the locales the, it just doesn't feel like they're the thing that i will give the prequel show you the most is that it somehow recaptured so much of the like design and spirit of the original three movies in 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 like a lot of that had to do with costuming and obviously george being like the the central creative force of it which is also the downfall of those movies in a lot of ways, yeah, especially right. in the writing. Especially but the trilogy. yeah, but like I don't know. There as much I do really enjoy the movies, but I think like like the what the pictures I see and the scenes that I have seen from the Mandalorian, that feels more like nailing what old Star Wars was, and I just don't feel like the newer films are are quite nailing it. They're close, yeah, but they don't quite hit yeah, I know, I Star Wars for me. There's something weird. It just feels like, yeah, this is Star Wars, but it's not Star It's J.J. Abrams' Star Wars. You know, it's it's Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. It's not really like George's vision, which as dumb as he can be, was what made Star Wars uniquely special. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. I, and and now it's just it's a, a and now it's a audience. You know? Now it's just a property. Yeah. You know, so like I mean, that's a fact. That's yeah. <laughs> so so I think it becomes a thing where it's like in the right hands you can have good stories. But now that it's such a commodity, you're gonna have lots of bad stories too. So it, it's you know, in the next decade, who knows what's gonna happen. I mean we're gonna see more Star Wars movies, we're gonna see more Marvel movies, we're gonna see more Star Wars fourth trilogy Disney live action Star Wars Marvel crossover Goddamn fucking Harry Potter reboot Star Wars Marvel Mickey Heroes Mouse reboot. crossover Listening to I'm Han Solo is mandatory Star Wars reboot Abomination on the way right now Yes know. We have one on the way I have already rated it negative one out of five stars yeah. Okay, <laughs> it could redeem itself if it has awesome ass fucking Chinese battles, but Mulan live action will not be featuring the character Mushu. Fucking bullshit! And to me, Which that's just fucked. like, all right, at least in Aladdin you had Abu, you just had him do zero things. Fucking bullshit! But like, it's they're just completely not 
making these movies with any like care for what the movies that they're remaking are and it won't matter because this fucking movie just like all of them will probably make plenty of money and it, and it won't matter but they'll make another one and they'll make another one and they'll make another one and it's like I literally hear about these movies. It's like we were talking about, you know, Top Cat, the animated movie earlier on the on the on the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like where do these how do these movies get made? Like Dumbo, the live action Dumbo that's already They're come and gone, video, yeah, and it probably exactly. made like two hundred million fucking dollars. hundred percent, just you know, boom, like it, flicks in there, yeah. massive profit. Exactly. Gone. Aladdin, same thing. Exactly, massive profit dude. gone. And and you're seeing so much less of the stuff like blood simple or you know where you're seeing an an original tale that is that producers are like yeah i'm gonna give you the ability to tell this story because it's it's new and unique and cool and it's intellectual now it's all that's just gonna be fucking harry potter goes to tatooine and finds dobby's brother and it's revealed that percy jackson is a book series in the muggle world of the harry potter universe so he must team up with kingdom hearts that's when Lando Calrissian and Han Solo have a dance off inside the carbonite freezing chamber at Cloud City, while Lobit DJs and everyone celebrates that Han is so happy the carbonite is gone. The same fucking commoditized bullshit again, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm just. It, you know, it kind of go goes, see Parasite. Go see, right? you know, go see fucking uh, Knives Out. Go see like. True, there are still, and it's funny. Like, it's like I say that, and yeah, Ryan Johnson just made a, a good film, Knives Out. Right. That that isn't that you know, intellectual property, yeah, bullshit. You know, it's like they, it sucks because that is what a lot of things are gravitating towards. But like, there's so so many. You just gotta fucking. Go see those right. instead of going. Well, see, don't spend your money going to see the remake of fucking. Mulan. Particularly, what I hate <laughs> about it is that like I'll be like, yeah, I just didn't really like, you know, uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi that much. You know, I, I think they're like okay, but I actually I'd rather watch the Phantom Menace than either of those. And people be like, well, fucking bullshit. People be like, see what you don't like Star Wars, and it's right. like no. And I can I can dislike something from it once it gets to this bloated fucking corpse that that, that, that these properties become. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I like Harry Potter, but I can dislike some of the Harry Potter movies and like other ones. Yeah. I literally Olivia just bought it for me. I literally have a fucking collection down here. Right here. Harry Potter? All of the movies. I love the Harry Potter nice. movies. But I yeah. also think the last two are shit. That's wizard's chest. You know, right, like yeah, you can do both. Right, you know? like you right. can dislike the, certain and, Star Wars movies and, and be a fan of Star right. Wars. And that doesn't mean that I'm either a fan or a or a hater of Harry Potter. Like everything, one of the things I hate about nowadays, and I think the internet is like a big reason for this, is that like everybody feels like they have to be a fucking like like psycho Bieberite Chris Brown fan yeah. about everything they like. I know. You know, you can't it's just It's okay like, to not remember yeah. characters' names. It's Bro, okay to not It's okay know, to be like, like the Patriots cheated. 
It literally is, and you can still be a fan of the fucking team. Chill out, dude. It's a fucking game. It's a fucking movie. It's a fu- whatever it is, you know? People just get so wrapped up in this shit. They're like, well, if you said you don't like The Last Jedi, then you hate Star Wars. Yeah, or if you say you no do way. like The Last Jedi, you hate Star Wars. What the fucking, who cares? Like, oh my <laughs> God. Can we not do this shit anymore? That's my cry to the universe. Right, no, I'm totally with you. You know? Like, and like I said, also, it's okay to not know every little detail about yeah. everything, you know? Like, yeah. that doesn't discourage your fandom on no, anything. No, exactly. And if somebody thinks that, Hey, it's f- they're it's a dick. Fandoms, that man. person's a dick. If they yeah. think that you're not a fan of something because you don't know every minute detail to it, that's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to help you by teaching you, then yeah, they're an they're, asshole. They're yeah. a bigger asshole. Exactly. Um, so we watched a lot of new, obviously with the format that we do, we watch a lot of new movies for each of us throughout season three. What were a couple of your favorites that were your first your first watch Ooh. through, you know? Well, let's see. Um, the first one that comes to mind, so I'm going to call it number one. The number one one would be Barton Fink. Fuck yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was like, I mean, that's one that's like, again, it's been on my list for like so many years because it was one of like three of their movies that I had to watch yeah, to finally finish to, like, it. Finish yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so it was that one. And then I, I finished it up with, I watched uh, True Grit and a simple man or a serious man and those are the only ones i hadn't seen by them at that point so like yeah that one definitely uh i would put thieves like us on there as well i I mean i I, another one that like i was sort of aware of and um enjoyed more than i wouldn't say more than i thought i would because it was altman so i like knew but like it's not my you know that era isn't my thing so i was just kind of like yeah all right we'll see what happens you yeah know? right and i really enjoyed it um but i would say the other big one i, I would actually go on spot there yeah i mean well because there's a bunch of, i enjoyed a lot of them honestly but i would say the other like top one would probably be um uh, american in paris Oh, that's fuck yeah. One, yeah. Nice. It's another one that sticks out to me that I really I really enjoyed and like I'd probably definitely watch again. Yeah. Super um, infectious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like I don't know, it's just yeah, Gene Kelly's just fun. Yeah. What about you? Same question. So I, <laughs> uh number one first thing that pops into my mind is Chunking Express. Mm. That movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. I love like that. I was that was one of the first times that I've been like Josh, like it's basically since we watched like Perfect Blue together, yeah, you know, like that one really yeah. like fucked me up. Being like, oh my god, this is a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, and like watching <laughs> Chunking Express, I was like, oh my god. Like at first, I was like, what the hell is happening? Right. Like, what is going on? And then once it kind of started to click, I was like, oh, this is gorgeous. Exactly. It's it, it's yep. an absolutely beautiful movie, and there's so many like Western directors that draw influence from uh, his movies I haven't I still haven't watched uh, in the mood for love or any of his other oh, any of his other works I know I know I've been like thinking about it yeah. all week actually like I need to fucking watch that movie but I can already tell and I've read interviews of inspiration from other directors you know like we talked about in that episode uh, comparing it to moonlight Definitely, um, yep. You know, Tarantino loves his work. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a lot of uh, Western influence in that movie in yeah. particular, you know? And it's a must-see. That was one of, the, like I said, one of the first ones in a Definitely, while that really, yeah. like, 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe kind of like stop. Def- and- I definitely highly suggest you go through and watch. Uh, what is it? It's uh, in the mood for love, and then twenty forty six or forty nine or something. Okay. It's the, there that there's a third movie that completes that, that uh, trilogy. story cool. yeah, yeah that like, though that character arc I okay guess cool say. it's it's i don't know it's weird they're like follow-ups but they're not directly sequels but they are they do feature similar the same characters and sometimes the same actors playing different characters but like tony long is in all of them yeah and uh and he's fantastic, so that's always great. So uh, yeah, so that's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll on that, um, um, another number two probably the Mummy. Yep, the Mummy is a fucking awesome movie too. It was uh, for you know when we did that episode, it was just three like, aside, I don't want to say aside from, but like uh, taking creature from the Black Lagoon out of it. Yeah, like doing the Invisible Man and the Mummy. Yeah, actually, just like. I should have I should have mentioned Invisible Invisible Man. I totally missed that one. I Invisible Man for me definitely was Dude, aw- awesome. A fucking yeah. good movie, man. Yeah. Um, but doing those mo- like movies like that, it was it was definitely a step in a different direction of doing such like a- they're like hour long movies. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's I I feel like I've watched so many movies from the the most like recent decades that did way way less way way worse. In way more time Definitely Than The Mummy did Yeah I would love to cover Some more movies From that era Like yeah Have some more themes Where it's Strong narrative And such great great stories That are super enticing That they tell in Like In 70 minutes And it's just It's very interesting To see you know The Where film began In a lot of ways Especially like Like really modern film Began in that era Yeah and a lot of it Is just totally open canvas too You know There's There's not any mimicking There's not Mm -hmm. any Like really pulls From any other influences That's why you're You know You're watching a movie Like The Mummy And The Invisible Man That like came out Relatively close together That are so wildly different Definitely And also I was really happy With that episode And just And I know we talked about it In the episode But uh Because like we didn't just cover either of these you know uh frankenstein bride or dracula yeah which not not that i don't all three of those movies are fantastic but like it's more i was really interested to see something different in there and i was glad they went with creature just because i hadn't actually seen creature from the black lagoon yeah and so i was like all right cool this is interesting it wasn't my favorite movie but like but still fun yeah and and i think that all of those movies like they're just so important for where filmmaking would would end up and they're they're talked about endlessly but so many of them like I hadn't seen, you know, and I've seen like the big ones from there and I love the universal monsters, but like I hadn't seen invisible man. And that was like something that really, I feel like, Oh man, I should have seen that movie way before because of how good it was. And I wished I had seen creature. So I would have, you know, some sort of reference for it other than just like, okay, I know what that character is. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Same thing. Like I haven't seen Wolfman. I would really want, need to see that one now. Cause I'm like, yeah, fuck, I I, you know, I've seen mainly the, the early era stuff. And I really like for the later stuff. I like the hammer films, Christopher Lee, Dracula movies. So I didn't really watch the like fifties output from universal. Yeah. You know, and so like a lot of the another one that I really wished we could have covered was uh, Phantom of the Opera, 
which yeah. is a re- it, it, I haven't seen the original. Yeah. yeah, I almost the only reason I didn't pick it is it, in the end was because you were going with Invisible Man, and I felt like Mummy was was different, whereas Phantom kind of fit more in the same, at least from what I knew of Invisible Man, that it was more of like a comedy sort of aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. There was a little bit of that, and just the the general like weirdness compared to what the mummy does so right. well, and how it's a very like mood piece, sort of somber tone to everything, and in a much more uh, cerebral assassin, for lack of a better term, for your your main bad guy, as opposed to like you know Frankenstein yeah. was an interesting thing. So, um, and then my third one. Yeah. Uh, it was how soon? Nice. That movie was just so fun. I love you know, it. Yeah. It was just a lot of it was it was quirky. It was campy. It was yep. scary. It was uh, very unique. It was yeah, <laughs> like among other things. You Honestly, know? another one I'm gonna throw up there because we can just keep going back and forth with these that I really enjoyed was uh, that you that you picked was uh, Hell House. Oh LLC. yeah, dude! Hell yep. House is that yeah that whole yeah. little rut Ple- was great. I was very pleasantly surprised because I have a bad track record with found footage movies, and that one I just felt like it, it paced it right. It did found footage in a, in a way that wasn't annoying, right? You yep. know, because totally. like to me, after you've seen one of the good found footage movies, like if you've seen Blair Witch, you're done. With yeah. that whole genre. Right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, it's tough to, yeah. You know, once you have your mindset into what that movie is going to be like, it's tough right. to watch other ones. Well, like, I, I don't know. Like, did you, have you seen Paranormal Activity? Yeah. The be- first yeah. one. I believe we might have talked about this in the actual episode, but like, I didn't find that scary. No. At all. It's gimmicky. Yeah. And you like, I, I hate movies that rely on gimmicks mm-hmm. like that. I saw that in a theater with like a, a couple of friends and like, you know, full theater full of people. Who kept gasping at fucking sheets moving. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is not scary. Like, come on. And I'm like easily scared, mind you. Listeners, I am like really (laughs) easily scared. I was so scared of the Rancor from Star Wars when I was a little boy that I would have to leave the room. Right. I'd walk into like this little hallway in my parents' house that was like to the bathroom, like away from the TV. And I would wait and and I'd ask my dad if it was safe to come back. And he'd say, yeah, it was. And it wasn't. Thanks, dad. And then he'd laugh (laughs) when I was like, ah, because the rancor was eating the fucking lady. And what was really bad about that is it really fucks me up about that scene. I know exactly what it was. It was the 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 like lady dancer being pulled in her screaming as she was like being pulled into the pit by Jabba that just like I was like whoa that is that is too much that is like freaking me <laughs> out man and then she's like oh and then the rancor fucking eats her yeah yeah that's and, but I guess also a small child but also as that small child I actually what I actually thought happened was that the rancor ate her and then like because right after that like this like there's like this bowl with a creature in it and Jabba pulls out and eats it. So in my like dumb child mind, I thought that she got turned into that thing no and then Jabba way. ate her God. too. Oh yeah, it's God. like to add insult to injury. And then like I grew up and was like, I was dumb. That's not what fucking happened at all. No. He's just eating that thing. But anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, um 
also drive Again, yeah. we just talked yeah. about it in the other one. That was actually the first time that I'd seen that. Awesome. After watching it from uh, the group's pick, that was a fantastic movie. I don't know how that one slipped under my radar yeah. for so long. Yeah, it was very really good. Really happy I yep. got to watch it. I was I was suggested it a few years ago because uh, I had also missed out on it when it came out, and and it only heard that it wasn't. It, like, it only heard like negative stuff basically that it wasn't what it had been cracked up to be. Yeah. But not that it was also really good, even though it was that had happened. And then a friend of mine was like, "Hey, you should check this movie out. It's good." Because I we were talking about Ryan Gosling, and I was like, "Oh yeah, what I'd seen some movie." And I was like, "Yeah, he's actually really good." And like, actually, this is another hot take I have. Like, actually, he's fantastic in the Notebook, which I was forced to watch one time, and that was the yeah, one thing happens. I took away from that. I was like, "Damn, Ryan Gosling is really convincing in this movie." <laughs> Um, and so like, I always like had respect for him and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll check this movie out. And I was like, wow, that is not what I fucking expected. So oh my God. yeah. <laughs> um, um, and Barry Lyndon too. That was awesome. That yeah. I, I you know, that's a long, that's a long movie, yeah. but it, boy, is it fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen that movie, that is a old, uh, Kubrick yeah. movie. And it's very, very good. We covered that in the episode where we talked about movies that won uh, Best Cinematography. Mm-hmm. And it, that definitely deserves it. Yeah. All, like, candle lighting and super wide shots and using yep. NASA-grade cameras because, like, they were literally, <laughs> like, the only thing that could film yeah. the things Doing all those crazy F-stops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love Barry Lyndon. It's... it's got so much going on for it as i always like to joke it's my favorite gangster movie um because that's literally what it is it's it's the scarface story but told in you know the the 1700s yeah it's (laughs) It's a gangster movie it's a it's a good fellas yeah you know like it's It's scarface good fellas any of those yeah Yeah. it's all the irishman the irishman yeah (laughs) uh, yeah, but yeah i mean it basically yeah um I would also add to that, yeah, I should also mention The Player was another one that I hadn't seen mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoy. Uh, and I, I think this particular season, <coughs> we've had a lot of, like, just really good picks all around. Um, even, like, you know, I hadn't... Even some films that, like, I haven't seen in a long time, like Kuroneko, which I hadn't seen in probably, like, 10 years... And, like, kind of forgot how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I um, loved that movie. Same thing, Wheels on Meals. Like, another one that I was like, man, I haven't seen this one in too long. Yeah, Wheels on Meals. Yeah, man, I forgot. When right? And, one, I mean, yeah. that that was, I think that was a little bit past season three. But still, yeah, like, you know. Yeah, before. But still, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in the films that we've covered in the that past movie was year. That great, you know? yeah. Yeah, the whole year of things yeah. we've covered, yeah. Um, Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas you is assholes. Not good. Yeah, though, that was a group pick. That was a, I one would of the times be I, I would it. be interested in like revisiting some movies in the future. Definitely. And and doing like single episodes on movies and see if like anything has changed. Um and that's one I've wanted to 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 revisit. Surf Ninjas. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. I was I want to see if like if like you know the group the group was so behind it i want to i want to give it another yeah, chance yeah what the fuck am i yeah. missing out on you know 
Um, I can promise you that I'm not going <laughs> to do that with Children of the Corn. But yeah, just, yeah, oh no, no. Children of the Corn was a bridge too far yeah, for me. It, you guys are yeah. really, you're really around the same <laughs> fucking ice that we Yeah, what we could also, <laughs> I guess we could mention that. I would say the worst films that we covered, out of out of all the films we covered, that was probably the worst one. Um, those two were probably up for the worst ones. Yeah, uh, Children of the Corn, I think, was definitely the worst one we yeah, covered. That'd this be my season. vote as well. Yeah, um, that movie sucks. Yeah, and and uh, I'd also throw uh, Showgirls is better than. Yeah, well, I I was gonna say I'd also throw I guess all three of those. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was the point. You know, <laughs> yeah, so that's not really fair. But yeah, no, Under the Cherry Moon kind of goes on there for me too. Dude, I, that movie yeah. is wild. And I love I love Prince, but. It just that movie was really bad, yeah. <laughs> and like it just egomania. It, to yeah, the yeah. It, it it it's what sucks about it even more. The thing that makes me mad about it is that it has those like brief moments of of greatness, or maybe not greatness, but like of brightness, and then the rest of it is just <laughs> so bogged down by like complete you know self worship and like oh, yeah, excess. Dude. To yeah, to a way extreme keep, level. Yeah, like, I just keep going back to that that whole conversation he has where he's like, tra- he's like doing the like, uh, you know, like black vernacular thing with her. Like, how do you say this? Like, what is this? Oh, the record, the record yeah. store record, thing. Record store. Yeah, yeah what's yeah. a record store? Like, it's so drawn out that you're like, Prince, yeah. you could have made this funny if it wasn't five minutes of yeah. you laughing at her and and not making any sense until you finally reveal what the fuck you're talking about. Like, yeah. it, because, like, I, it's like, I already know from the first time he says it, I'm like, yeah, you're talking about record store. Yep. Yeah. And it's okay. Just like way five minutes that. later, it's a record store. And you're like, oh, that was yeah, like the worst joke ever told. Finally, yeah. yeah. Fails the fuck. That's what I'm talking about. But there's all this brightness in it where you're like, man, if you just didn't do all that dumb excess this actually could have been a really cool little like it would have been like one of those maybe bad good movies where you're like this yeah. is really enjoyable to watch but it's like a silly dumb like, uh, it's bad, you know excess piece but like ugh, just a little bit too far with that one yeah i agree um yeah <laughs> i think that might be the end of my worst ones yeah I, I, I mean overall it's a good season mm-hmm. you know we had mostly great movies to watch yeah i don't think i and I, even those ones i don't think were that terrible no, no they're not yeah i mean and and i don't ever really like i don't think i've ever seen a movie that i would actually like sit there and be like oh that was like a terrible movie honestly i like all movies for different reasons and i and i critique all movies regardless of how much i like them it's just like you know yeah. i feel like that's that's like how you should be or whatever definitely but like I, I don't hate any particular film, so like I've enjoyed everything that we've watched in the past season, and like I'll con- you know I feel like I'll continue to do that you know unless yeah, I mean as long as I'm watching movies yeah. I'm cool unless it's Avatar because I do hate Avatar I'm not gonna watch that no if fuck we, Avatar if it get fixed, I'm not gonna no. watch it no. so. that that movie is terrible <laughs> yeah I will not watch that if we pick it so uh wow what a decade it's been yeah 2010 to 19 i know it's over 
It's time it's to over. enter the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, we're going to enter the Roaring Twenties. Before you do that, make sure you uh, like, like, share, and like, subscribe. Share, yeah. subscribe <laughs> my movie's better. Hell yeah. Before the 2010s yeah. end, make sure you are a subscriber to My Movie's Hell Better. Yeah. And you follow us on Instagram and you're on our Facebook group where you can vote for the movies that we watch. Yeah. Also, we have a YouTube page with some silly videos. You can follow that. YouTube yeah, they are very funny. They're silly. And yeah, um, we'll have some more, lots more content coming up in this next season. Lots of new movies, lots of fun stuff. Yeah. Stay tuned, and as always, good night, good luck, and go fuck yourself. Fuck you. Thanks. Bye. very special episodes in braille version. Find full video versions on YouTube before they are blocked for quote-unquote copyright infringement. Seven books, eight movies, twenty-five billion dollars, bad games, worse, play a billion for old JK. Live one and tourist attractions, don't forget the stage productions, rip-offs and homages made. Who'll play Harry in the first remake? We started Harry Potter, it wasn't easy. Lockhart, fuck, beak, Harry's a genetic freak, Dumbledore killed his sister, what the fuck is wrong with wizards, basilisks and magic races, backs of heads with evil faces, hogs, meat, shire weed, oh wait, that's a different series. We started Harry Potter, it wasn't even burning, until we got it turning. We started Harry Potter, it wasn't even burning, until we got it turning. You're a wizard listener, and welcome to My Movies Better, school for witchcraft and better movies.
I am your venerable and strangely single at my age headmaster and high almoner Kevin. And today we embark on the epic eight movie series, British Star Wars. Based on the seven books by, wait, it, did I read that right? Oh, Twilight came out during filming, so they made only two. So actually we're pretty lucky that there isn't like 38 of these movies. Anyway. In a few moments, you will pass through these doors and join your classmates, but before you can take your seats, you must be sorted into your houses. They are the cool guys, the one everybody says they'd be in, crybabies, and cool badasses for edgy kids. Now, simple and serene listeners, which house will you be in? Anything but cool badasses for edgy kids? You could do great things there, no? Okay, crybaby, welcome to Hufflepuff. Based on J.K. Rowling's seven-novel epic children's fantasy mystery novel series, Star Wars, Harry Potter begins with the first film, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, or as it is known in the United States, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. This would kick off not only a literal armada of violent, screeching Harry Potter fans surging through the streets looking for an angry kill, but also lead us inexorably through... Seven books, eight movies, twenty-five billion dollars, bad games, worse, play a billion for all JK. Live one and tourist attractions, don't forget the stage productions, rip-offs and homages made. Who'll we'll play Harry in the first remake? We started Harry Potter, it wasn't even burned until we got it turned. We started Harry Potter, it wasn't even burned until we got it turned. The plot. Film one. Percy Jackson is a tepid orphan boy, forced to live under the stairs in a closet at the behest of his horrible and abusive normal everyday British middle-class conservative aunt and uncle, the Mrs. and Mr. Margaret Thatcher. Here he is tormented day in and day out by his spoiled and lovingly described He had a large pink face, not much neck, small watery blue eyes and thick blonde hair that lay smoothly on his thick fat head. Book one. Chapter 2. Older Cousin Dudley. Here Percy has no means of escape. Confined to his prison, he dreams only of freedom and the violent reprisals he will take on his stupid family. Like when he communicates and frees a dangerous snake that will only die in the heat of British summer, and also traps his cousin in the zoo. Soon, however, postal workers flood his uncle's modest pensioner home with violent letters addressed to Harry, I mean Percy, and Uncle King George II does the sensible thing and flees for the countryside like a French monarch. Here, in a rickety shack without heat or electricity, he hopes to just ride out the inevitable wizards and, like, really, Vernon, what was your overall plan here? Soon, giants arrive in the form of likely alcoholic and lovable oaf, the Russian gangster from Goldeneye, Hagrid. Over the stench of his beard, Hagrid informs Percy, You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Before whisking him away on a flying motorcycle and not properly conveying the truth of Harry's lineage, parents' death, celebrity, or really anything of value except that breaking rules is cool, and so is Albus Dumbledore. Percy vows to always aid in a bet Hagrid, and Hagrid fails to explain, What's the deal with Voldemort? And we're off to the Wizard Mall to meet John Hurt the next of many respected British stage and screen actors, to waltz in here for a hearty paycheck, each one nimbly guiding the three child actors to passable mediocrity. John Hurt gives Percy the same wand as some big evil guy, you know, the, the guy who scarred you, and before you can even blink, we're off to possible Jewish stereotypes with the goblin bankers of Gringotts. 
Harry finds out he's a trust fund kid with an innumerable fortune, which has to be explained to him like he's an 11th century caliph. <laughs> little history joke there. And Hagrid does a little foreshadowing and montage. It's time for school. Hagrid abandons Harry at the station, but no worries. A family of friendly gingers wanders by like a blessing of fidgety, pale, and hopefully thoroughly sunscreened unicorns. Unlike the employees of the British Rail, these gorgeous mutants show Harry through to the magic platform and the magic old train, and Harry meets his BFF forever, Ron Weasley, and also his future wife, Ron's little sister. Weird. Now it's time for a train ride. Don't worry, no big smoke, all you had to do was follow the damn train jokes here. That's for the next episode. Ron takes over for the likely passed out from too much butterbeer Hagrid as the expository character and introduces Harry to the world of wizard pop culture before they are rudely interrupted by the shrill and boastfully intelligent Hemroin Granger, their friend for life and Ron's future wife. Hemroin viciously mocks Ron and absconds before rebuttal and Ron obviously hates her. Fast forward through the train ride, boat ride, stairwalk, and boom! Here we are at the place which still owes me my entrance letter, Hogwarts School for Witchcraft and Wizardry. Maggie Smith strides in, all like, oh yeah, mmm, huh, this role was made for me. And then Alan Rickman slides on over and he's like, ooh, yeah, mmm, same here. And Sir Richard Harris hits the dance floor and he's like, boom, bang, I'm old. Why did you sign me on as a central character in an eight-film series? After a speech, Harry is forced into a hat, which decides his fate. Then it's off to bed. And you know what happens next, right? You, you read the book. No? Okay, so Harry is a detective. Harry discovers a plot centered around a man named Nicholas Flamel, which leads him to investigate the so-called Philosopher's Stone, from which can be created the Elixir of Life, which Voldemort is plotting to use because he's not really dead, and this would bring him back to physical form, and also, it can make him immortal, and so Dumbledore and Hagrid took the stone from inside Gringotts and hid it behind magical protections, including and not limited to Cerberus, inside of Hogwarts School, but Voldemort fused his face and soul onto the back of the head of Professor Quirrell, who had a stammer, and Harry was following a hot tip on Professor Snape, so he was blindsided when, in the end, it was Professor Quirrell. Phew. Harry defeats Voldemort's face and gets the stone and also a sword and a bird and Quirrell dies and yay, the day is saved. Harry is then forced to go back home to his aunt and uncle where he will be imprisoned. But that's for next time. Harry learned a valuable lesson today here, kids. Don't profile someone just because they are a goth and were mean to you. Like, really mean though. This is just part one of the eight-film story arc, where our trio are still naive and bucolic, ill-prepared for all the racism and genocide set to come. Out of all of these films, this one is my second favorite. It's a nice place to start for the franchise and still holds up years later, except for the CGI and the Quidditch scene. Daniel Radcliffe is a deer in headlights here, and would improve dramatically in the second film. But both Rupert Grint and Emma Watson are already operating at maximum efficiency. They really own these roles right from the start. It's fun. It's light. It's not very good. I give it three out of five. As always, this episode was brought to you by the Church of Better Movies and the support of our many devoted and mudblood listeners. Please shower us with your likes, dislikes, and the deranged, misguided comments which spew only from the hollow mouths of big old meanie pantses. Follow us on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, and remember to like, share, and do the things. Good night, good luck, and go fuck yourself.
jingle jangle, yon listener, and welcome, my dear, to a movie review that's only relevant one time of year. It's me, High Almoner Kevin of the Church of Better Movies, bringing you a tale as old as the Count of Monte Cristo. That's right, it's How the Grinch Learned to Stop Worrying and Save Christmas by Victor Hugo. The story of the heroic bachelor icon, the Grinch, a bastion of all the single, tubby, virulent males in your area who you can meet on the internet for rendezvous, and the Grinch's ever-escalating war on sacred boomer Christmas. But also, it's just the Count of Monte Cristo. Meet Edmund Dantes, alias the Grinch, an orphaned feral child who, well, let's just read from the Encyclopedia of Better Movies. He was a timid child and had a crush on Martha Way Hoovier, who was one of the prettiest girls in his school who also seemed to show empathy towards him. Bully Augustus May, who, however, was jealous that Martha seemed to like the Grinch more than him and began to pick on the Grinch, including his beard. The Grinch cut his face attempting to shave and his classmates except Martha laughed at him, causing the Grinch to lose his temper and declare that he hates Christmas. Featuring the whimsical, microscopic, and animal-like hominid rodent citizens of Whoville, complete with canine snouts, buck teeth, and a hearty lust for capitalism. Also, they apparently come from the magical land of Massachusetts. Let me tell you, these Who's, they fucking love themselves some Christmas. As you can see, these two theologies cannot coexist without violent schism. Based on the novel by Dr. Victor Hugo and directed by Ron Howard pretending to be Tim Burton, Beetlejuice Goes Christmas is a heartwarming holiday tale of brutal revenge on those who have wronged you and an example of why theater kids are dumb. It stars Jim Carrey as the deranged and possible Scotsman, the Grinch, in his hairiest role to date and it's going to take all the impressions of Boris Karloff and Ron Howard he's got to save this flaming barge of Whoville Christmas garbage from sinking our garbage titan. No, that doesn't work. I should have called it a garbage iceberg. I'm no better than Victor Hugo. The plot. As a child, this wee bonnie lad washed upon the shores of Whoville, like Moses, but as a wolf child and a Scotsman, and was thusly ostracized from society, like a Scotsman. This glad squeegeon was raised by two subversive nurses, before receiving a lackluster second-grade education by the famed Scottish liberators and noted buggers, the English. An almost dated Christine Baranski, but was brutally cock-blocked by the Count Mondego de Morcef, who tricked the Grinch in a desperate attempt to not lose Christine Baranski forever. The Grinch was mocked by the children for his inability to properly shave, and as a possible co-conspirator with the Empire of the French. This, as we well know, leads to banishment of the child, sent off into the woods to fend for itself only to be devoured by bears, as nature intended. However, this campy wolf child would not be contained, and it's time to sing, sing, sing. Enter Cindy Lou Who, who was no more than two, and convinces the Grinch to, I don't know, be forced into an afternoon of Christmas servitude? Seriously, they shoved a whole bunch of fudge down his throat. Edmund Dantes returns to Whoville and mugs for the camera before being awarded due to Cindy committing ballot fraud. He is then tricked again by Count Mondego because the Grinch is a fucking idiot. 
The Count Mondego totally blindsides the Grinch with his haunting memories of past shaving inadequacy, which causes the Who's to laugh and the Grinch to freak the fuck out, after which he returns home, possibly to get a firearm. Nice one, Cindy. What is wrong with you? This sassy, hairy Who-man is now poised to finally extract his grand and cartoonish revenge, and we are ready for this film to be over. That's when Ron Howard finally gets to page six of the book, and the Grinch returns to Mo- and the Grinch returns as Monsieur Zaccone, the Count of Monte Christmas. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here to burgle the fair citizens of your fair city of all their ill-gotten holiday gains. Yeah, so not so much else happens in this movie from that point on. Disguised as the Teutonic rogue Father Weisenklaus, the Grinch steals the stuff from the people. Then Cindy confronts him for his thievery. He rebukes her. He kills Mondego in an epic swashbuckling sword fight and ends up dating Christine Baranski, but also now has an enlarged heart. Was it a possible sign that you may have acromegaly like Andre the Giant? But I don't know that, and I may have just made it all up. Oh yeah, and also we found out the true meaning of Christmas is not material goods, and this information was relayed to us by a film that cost $125 million. Some other side stuff. Victor Hugo did not want this movie to be made, but he died, so his wife said fuck it, and that's too bad, because this movie sucks. I'm sorry, but it's just not fun to watch, and apparently it wasn't fun to make either. The Central Intelligence Agency had to be brought in to instruct Jim Carrey how not to go completely insane while enduring the extreme torture technique of wearing the suit he wore in the film. And no, I am not making that up. It was that fucking horrible. And that translates to the viewer. I also felt like I was being tortured. One thing I did enjoy was the several attempts at subversive sexual humor aimed at the bored parents of the children of the millennium, like the one time when the Grinch fell on some boobs. Hilarious. The Grinch of Monte Cristo is a bad movie, and you should feel bad for liking it. I certainly do. In fact, liking it is culpable complicity in the CIA's extreme torture of actor Jim Carrey, probably because they didn't like his urban comedy stylings. I give it a 2 out of 1, but my actual score is a 2.5 out of 5. But my actual score is a 2 out of 5. It is perfectly below average, as am I, as are you, as are we all. We can only strive to be better than How the Grinch Stole Christmas as human beings. As a red-headed stepchild myself, I can tell you, we gingers are disappointed in Ron Howard, which is why we've cursed him with baldness. As always, this episode was brought to you by the Church of Better Movies and the support of our many devoted and gout-ridden listeners. Please shower us with your likes, dislikes, and the deranged, misguided comments which spew only from the hollow mouths of spitting homunculi. Follow us on iTunes, Facebook, Instagram, and remember to share and like and do the things. Good night, good luck, and go fuck yourself. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. My movie. What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Kevin. Dylan. Son of a bitch. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? I'm Michael George. Stop it. Get some help. Terrorists have the president's daughter in the old bean factory off the 101.
Too bad you Despicable. Wash it down with one beer. Two beers. Three beers. A shot of whiskey. I'm erasing your face right now. Your face doesn't exist. Edward! Where'd you find this son of a bitch? He's a friend of mine from school. A friend? What's his name, show? Look at a match for the total package of Lex Luger and My movie. Yeah. My, my movie. What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? My movie's better. Can he afford to pay me a wrestle run? I don't know. 